here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Hey, all you fans of the Dharmic Evolution Podcast, thank you for being here once again. And for those of you who are new to the space, my job is to uncover the best of the best indie singer-songwriters, musicians, bands, authors, speakers, and thought leaders from around the world and present them to you before they get discovered by the mainstream. This is the podcast you will find undiscovered talent before they hit the big time. It's what we do. Before we get into today's show, just want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you dig the show, please forward it to someone who might like to hear this show. Also, my book, Seven Steps to Mental Freedom, is out. It was written to help people who suffer from depression and anxiety. You can go to 7stepstomentalfreedom.com. That's the number seven, stepstomentalfreedom.com. Check it out. You can look at what's available there. There's a great explanation in a video telling you all about what is 7 Steps to Mental Freedom all about. Well, it's about something you can do for yourself to enhance your life. If you have not yet taken advantage of the Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist series, you're missing out. If you've had a show with me, then you are entitled to have your place in the sun. On the Dharmic Rising Stars Spotify playlist, we have four of them. There's over 100 artists, 100 songs on there. Going back in our catalog of over 300 and 40-something shows I think we're up to now, we have quite a bit of unique and awesome music that most people have never heard. So I encourage you to check out those playlists. You can find them in the show notes with every single show that we do. And you can check out and find out who is your competition or who are you a fan of. You can also forward that to a friend and have them check out who's on this playlist anyway and which playlist is there. Well, we've got four hot playlists and they were named after the star constellations. They are Lyra, Aquila, Orion, and our latest new one is called Scorpius. If you've had a show with me and you don't see or hear your music on one of these playlists, reach out to me, James, at dharmicevolution.com, and I'll make sure your latest track gets put up there and starts tracking immediately. So what are we going to talk about today on the Dharmic Evolution? I do not have a guest today, so I wanted to do something special with you guys. And uh, I wanted to talk about the weather. Yeah, that's what it's doing right now where I am. I'm broadcasting this show from New Jersey, and it's been really, really hot, brutally hot up here. And uh, all the grass is burning and... It's, uh, it's been pretty wild. So I started talking about perhaps should um, do a rain dance, okay, to get some water onto these um, grasses and trees and plants and flowers and everything. Do you believe in rain dance? Well, the American Indians certainly did. I've read stories about how people have actually visited um, certain tribes where they have a rain dance with a clear blue sky and suddenly it starts raining. Uh, I haven't seen this myself, but I do believe in um, that kind of um, 
spiritual integrity, I guess you would call it. And uh, I've always had this idea that the American Indian is just such a special uh, breed of person. And I just always feel so, uh, I feel so sad and how they were horribly wronged when this country started to come together with the Europeans coming to it and just little by little pushing them clear across the entire United States and sending them to these internment camps and reservations that are supposed to be so great and uh, not so much. So I don't, I don't really know what can be done with that. Um, I know some of the tribes have been able to create their own um, infrastructure, their own destiny, if you will, their own, you know, reclaim what culture they um, have left and hang on to what is near and dear to them without these outside uh, influences of, I guess, what we would call Americans. But what is an American anymore? It's kind of hard to even put your finger on that. I say they were the true Americans, you know, all the great tribes of, um, you know, you could say the Southwest and the Deep West, but um, all of the amazing, the Apache, you know, the uh, Arapaho, the Sioux Nation, all of those magnificent tribes. And I always had this idea that, you know, they didn't really know about Jesus Christ um, because I don't think that had been brought to them. Um, how could it be? Yet they did know Jesus Christ. They knew God. They knew the infinite spirit. They knew the great spirit in the sky. And um, because it didn't have the same name that we were using, uh, it doesn't mean that they didn't have faith. And they believed in something far greater than them. And they gave, um, they paid such homage to the land. Uh, they had such gratitude they used every bit of every animal. They used everything that God provided for them, and they gave thanks for all that they had. So there's a great lesson to learn from the American Indian, and it's just so sad that it went the way it did. You know, when you're kids, you're brought up playing cowboys and Indians. You know, the cowboys are supposed to win. Well, what a bunch of crap that was. Um being fed that stuff was just uh, was just awful. And then as an adult, you, you learn what really happened. And it was pretty horrifying, a lot of it. So back to the rain dance idea and uh, was trying to figure out how do we get rain? And prayer is a great way to do it. So I invested in prayer to get some rain. But I also played the rain dance. And even though I don't know how to do a rain dance, I wrote a song, um, this is quite a few years back, when I did my first uh, full-length CD, self-produced, and I was living in this place that was just incredible. It's like 80 acres of prime land with pine trees and these rolling hay fields, and it had a great, a beautiful lake on it and some streams, and it was just like um, kind of paradise, you know. And the family that owned this estate, it was quite a huge place. Uh, they had a tree farm with thousands of beautiful trees, evergreens, pines. They had all kinds of great trees. And uh, they went through a drought. And I remember one of the uh, people on the farm 
uh, the man who ran it, his name was Lorenz. And he would go around with his, um, with his helpers and they would connect all of these hoses and hook up pumps and drop the hoses into the lake. And they'd have these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet of uh, all these uh, pipes and hoses and, and PVC sections that are all feeding all this water out to the trees. Because if you didn't do that, the trees were going to die. It was just too hot. So I got it in my head that while I was working on the album 175 Cherry Lane, I said, well, I need to write a rain dance song to help these guys out because they're really struggling here to get water onto the farm. The tree farm is not going to make it. So I set to work writing a song called Rain Dance. And it had um, all of the elements of the things that we needed to include which was the owner, uh, the matriarch of the whole family. Her name was Jean, and uh, I call it Jean's Evergreens. So we, you know, I got to set to work just writing this song, and this was a fun project because the way I did this was, um, I think it was like 2007 or something when I started. It took me forever to do this. It was a very part-time uh, project. But I started employing the skills of others around the country via online. And I had used this company called Drums For You um, several times where you would send them a track of just a metronome and your voice and your guitar or piano. They were looking for just a very simple arrangement, um, complete arrangement and playing to a click track. And of course, you would isolate the click track and send that in a separate file. But you played your instrument, hopefully, <laughs> to uh, properly to the click track because you're dealing with a drummer and the drummer needs to lock in. He's not going to listen to you as much as he's going to listen to the click track. So you better help him out by being a decent musician. <laughs> and what they would do is they would sync up the drum kit and then send you back either a two-track mix of the drums, or if you wanted individual tracks, which is the route I went, you got every drum and cymbal sent to you. It was like 12, 14 files, if I remember correctly, something like that. But it was awesome. I was It was all processed, like not heavily with all EQ. It just sounded naturally great. So if you wanted to fine-tune any of the instruments on there, any of this with snare, the hi-hat, you know, the splash cymbal, whatever it was, kick drum, you could do that. You could tweak it if you wanted to get, um, you know, that wild on your, your mixing board, depending on what you had, you know. I kept it pretty simple. I didn't do a whole lot to it. I, I did like having control over all the individual tracks. So from there, you could continue to build out your tracks. And I employed the talents of Robin T. Smith on this song, uh, Rain Dance. And as I recall, Robin played piano and I think he played a B3 Hammond on this one as well. Somewhere around this time, um, Drums For You became studio pros because they realized, hey, we don't have to limit our... Um, our abilities to help musicians with just drums, we can do it with bass and guitar. And they started hiring vocalists and they, they became a full-fledged online studio. 
So for a first record or first CD, I mean, this was not my first record by any stretch, but in, in the CD world, it was my first full length. I had been making records for years, uh, vinyl and what have you. But it was really great to work online with people. And, you know, you got some really talented people to, to help out. Uh, even down to the background singers, same deal. They would, they'd say, "Hey, what do you want? Do you want, um, do you want, you know, female vocalist? Do you want a tenor? Do you want a, you know, uh, what do you want? A baritone guy singing? Whatever, whatever it is, you could dial it in." And they got so sophisticated that <laughs> I remember when they started putting up some of their bass guitars, and they would sample the different sounds and say, hey, here's a Rickenbacker and this is so-and-so playing on this Rickenbacker. Or did you want uh, a BC Rich guitar on the, with this sound through a uh, Marshall stack or through you know, some special amp, whatever you like. Mesa Boogie was my favorite, but I had all that stuff. So I wasn't heavily using them for guitar. I was, had that pretty much covered. But I did use a couple of their guitarists because it's always nice to have some other guitarist interpret your music because they'll come up with things you'd never dream of and that would inspire you to create even more parts um say hey i never thought about this but you know maybe i'll use a dobro or something on this or um it would just inspire new thinking so i think using um if that's the only means you have um and you don't have access to a studio and you don't have a band right now you know those kind of um um, solutions are really great for putting together a whole music. So I ended up doing, I think it was a 12 or a 13 song CD. And um, I actually had one song, a complete horn section. Um, it was a real rocking song and it was called 13. And we had a full horn section on it. Um, I just did that on one song and it was really uh, a fun experience. Yeah, so that's what it's doing right now while I'm doing this broadcast. It is uh, coming down pretty hard. Um, I kind of like thunderstorms and rain and things like that. Um, I don't like the flash floods that they're all, you know, all the alerts are going off today, flash flooding everywhere because um, when you don't have rain for a while, obviously that's what happens. But it is good to see the rains come. Do you agree? I think you do. You know, while we're talking Indians and rain and thunder, um, I wanted to check in on the Great Crazy Horse Memorial. Are you guys hip to this? This is out in uh, South Dakota, the western side of South Dakota. <laughs> I just realized, or just found out, that this project began in 1948. I had no idea. I knew it was decades long, but I didn't know it was over 70 years long. But if you're not um, aware of this thing, it's uh, the Crazy Horse Monument is um, a tribute to the Lakota Warrior Crazy Horse. And they're making this thing out of rock. And it is massive, just absolutely massive. And they don't know when they're going to finish it because um, there's no government involvement. I think the Indians told the government to just, you know, go away. We don't need your money or want your money. You've done enough for us. And uh, they've done this all with private donations. So um, just I got a little 
thing I'm going to read you here. Deep in South Dakota's Black Hills lies a monument that has sat unfinished for the better part of the last century, the Crazy Horse Monument. Construction began on the project in 1948, and despite how much time has passed, the tribute to the Lakota chief has never been actually fully completed. The story behind the monument's development is one of trials and tribulations fueled by the spirit of Native American heritage and the ingenuity of a Polish-American designer. But why exactly has the Crazy Horse Monument still not been finished yet? Furthermore, when, if ever, will it actually be finished? Keep reading for all the known details as they currently stand. Well, you know, you can Google this and there's some cool pictures of it. The um, the immensity of it is just incredible. If you they pictured uh, some guy standing next to the head, and it's like, wow, this thing when it's finally done is going to be something. But I I get that he's going to be riding a stallion and pointing, <laughs> and uh, I guess it's their way of honoring the great crazy horse uh, in the Black Hills and. They charge people to come in, and you can ride through there. I think they had to stop it for the COVID, but I guess they're doing it again. But you can go online and check this out. It's really something to see. I haven't been there to see it. It's been on my bucket list, and I hate to say that because, um, you know, it's it's been too long. I didn't realize it was this long, and I have not yet been to South Dakota, but I hear it's absolutely magnificent out there. Hope you guys get a chance to take a ride out there. So anyway, enough distraction from Crazy Horse. I just wanted to share that with you. But now I think I'm going to play the song uh, Rain Dance, which was the point of this uh, podcast today, honoring the American Indian, uh, honoring the rain and the rain dance. And uh, if you don't believe in prayer, if you make gestures uh, towards prayer and put some energy and some intellectual capacity into prayer, you might just get surprised and say, hmm, I should be doing this more often. I think Amanda Shaw is coming on next week. I also have um, another Spotlight series of artists who are trending. We usually do four at a clip. That's coming up in the next two weeks. So uh, listen for that. Also keep an eye on the uh, Spotify Dharmic Rising Stars playlists. And don't forget the seven steps to mental freedom. I'm your host for the Dharmic Evolution, James Kevin O'Connor. So until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. And this is from the 175 Cherry Lane Collection. This is Rain Dance. Thought I'd say a prayer for jeans evergreens Cause it's been dry for weeks and days And hours seem like years We need rain We need a rain dance today
Raining, God is answering. 